0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of Minds Over Money. I'm your host, Cameron Brady, and on this week's episode, I'm covering three headlines from last week that directly impact the economy, as well as have potential implications on your own investment portfolios. And those headlines are, what the Fed rate hike means for your savings, credit cards, and loans, recession probability soars as inflation worsens, and self-driving big rigs are coming, is America ready? In addition to those headlines, I'm also covering another financial planning topic, and this week, it's why a retirement system is better than just having retirement goals. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy. This week's first headline is what the Fed rate hike means for your savings, credit cards, and loans. How to time your financial decisions as interest rates rise. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates by three quarters of a percent last Wednesday, stepping up its efforts to rein in inflation. The move will ripple through the financial world and the wallets of millions of Americans, changing the math on a range of money decisions, both big and small. With inflation hitting 8.6% in May, the cost of everything from lawn care to air conditioning is on the rise. The Fed rate increases are intended to cool the economy and slow the runaway growth in prices. The market has been falling for several weeks as the Fed started to raise rates and last Monday, stocks entered into a bear market. As rates rise, it makes sense to accelerate some financial plans and put off others. Credit card debt and other loans with variable rates are likely to get more expensive and should be dealt with first. When considering borrowing for major purchases such as a car or a home it might make sense to delay here's how to rethink the order of operations for your money in both the short and long term focus on paying down debt before it gets even more expensive an increase in interest rates usually means credit cards will raise annual percentage rates or the apr the average annual percentage rate for those with good credit was roughly 19 percent that number could go up given the expected rate increases. Higher rates mean the cost of borrowing goes up and nowhere is this more true than with credit card debt. Fear of inflation and the threat of a recession could make people reluctant to dip into their savings or other funds to pay down debt. But doing so now will save you considerable future money spent on interest. Confused about which card to pay down first? Always start with the highest interest rate first. Maximize the return on your savings. Once you have paid down debt, look at your savings. One upside of rate increases, many banks and other institutions will likely offer at least slightly better rates on high yield savings accounts and other savings vehicles. Interest rates offered on many certificates of deposit and savings accounts will usually move with the federal funds rate. During the pandemic, many Americans were able to save, leading to the highest personal savings rate in decades. As of June of this year, the average annual percentage yield on a one-year CD is just 0.21%, according to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, meaning any dollars saved there are losing value due to inflation. But even better, online banks like Discover are offering 0.9% for their online savings accounts. Also consider the one true safe space from inflation and volatile markets, inflation-adjusted government savings bonds, or what are called I-bonds, which currently return a guaranteed rate of 9.6% interest, but the interest is recalculated every six months. So as inflation goes down, that rate of return will also go down. Consider whether to postpone certain financial moves. Just as you should give priority to paying down existing debt, think carefully before taking on any new debt, such as a mortgage or an auto loan. The average rate on a five-year new car loan was 4.53% the week of June 14th, already up from 4% in March. Keep in mind, individual lenders and dealerships can charge you different amounts. Be sure to do your own math before purchasing a new vehicle. Mortgage rates, however, are based largely on the yield of the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond. This rate is used as a benchmark for many types of loans, including mortgages. When the Fed raises rates, the increase pushes the yield on the Treasury note higher, which in turn pushes mortgage rates higher. House hunters have already seen this at work. The average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was 5.78% the week ending June 16th. Just a year ago, the same rate was 2.93%. If you feel a lot of pressure to buy a house as soon as possible, maybe you are in between places now or putting your own home on the market, locking in a mortgage rate now might save you money down the line before rates go up even more. But if you have some flexibility in your timeline then waiting could benefit you as rates could drop in the future to combat historic inflationary pressures interest rates are on the rise with another half to three quarter percent increase expected at next month's fed meeting rates aren't leveling off anytime soon with that in mind making sure your financial decisions are prioritized correctly can help you save and make money on interest payments make sure you tackle high interest debt like credit cards as the interest rates on them are only going up from here. Find the best interest rate you can for your cash, most likely an online bank like Discover, which is paying 0.9%, and avoid locking your funds up in CDs. Be a savvy shopper and do your own math on car payments, whether you're leasing or financing, and do the same with a mortgage if you're house hunting. This week's second headline is Recession Probability Soars As Inflation Worsens economists see interest rate increases raising likelihood of a recession to 44 percent in the coming months economists surveyed by the wall street journal have dramatically raised the probability of a recession now putting it at 44 percent in the next 12 months a level usually seen only on the brink of or during actual recessions it is also very important to point out that predicting recessions is not an exact science The likelihood of a recession has increased rapidly this year as inflationary pressures remain strong, and the Federal Reserve took increasingly aggressive action to tame them. Economists on average put the probability of the economy being in a recession sometime in the next 12 months at 28% in the journal's last survey in April and 18% in January. Since the journal began asking the question in 2005, a 44% recession probability is seldom seen outside of an actual recession. In December of 2007, the month that the 2007-2009 recession began, economists assigned a 38% probability. In February of 2020, when the last recession began, they assigned a 26% probability. Forecasters have raised recession probability due to a number of factors higher borrowing costs, a blistering pace of inflation, supply chain problems, and commodity price shocks stemming from the war in Ukraine. Mostly, however, they see dimming chances that a steeper path of rate increases by the Fed can cool inflation without inducing higher unemployment and an economic downturn. The latest survey's results showed a marked increase in economists' forecast for inflation, which they see ending the year at 7%, up from 5.5% in the April survey. The poll of 53 economists was conducted June 16th and 17th after the Fed voted to sharply raise the benchmark federal funds rate by three-quarters of a percentage point to a range between 1.5% and 1.75%. Economists see the federal funds rate at roughly 3.3% at the end of this year, up from 2% in the survey two months ago. That implies at least three more increases of half a percentage point in 2022. The Fed has signaled it would continue lifting rates this year at the most rapid pace in decades to fight inflation that is running at a 40-year high. Economists expect unemployment to rise as the Fed raises rates, although they see it staying at relatively low levels by historical comparison. On average, they forecast unemployment rising from 3.6% in May, to an average of 3.7% at the end of 2022, and 4.2% at the end of 2023. One bright spot is that economists still expect the economy to grow this year, although they slashed their growth projection in half in the most recent survey. On average, they see inflation-adjusted gross domestic product rising 1.3% in the fourth quarter of 2022 from a year earlier, down from 2.6% in the April survey, Last year, the economy grew 5.5%, the fastest since 1984, following a 2.3% drop in 2020 when the pandemic began. Recent data suggests the U.S. economy is starting to slow under the combined weight of soaring inflation and climbing interest rates, including the highest mortgage rates since 2008. As inflation remains at historic highs and the Federal Reserve matches it with historic rate increases, the warning signs for a recession are growing louder with this recent survey from the Wall Street Journal putting the likelihood for recession in the next 12 months higher than in 2020 during the height of the pandemic and in 2007 when the recession from the financial crisis kicked off. Remember that the best way to get through a recession with your portfolio intact is to remain a disciplined investor. Keep your savings rate up and be mindful of your spending habits while your portfolio is temporarily down. Also, keep in mind that after recessions, the economy and markets have always recovered to new all-time highs. This week's third headline is self-driving big rigs are coming, is America ready? Autonomous trucks that mostly stick to highways could make sense, both technologically and economically, in ways robo-taxis have not. The goal is better than human, but not perfect, autonomous driving. And jobs are probably on the line. Someday in the next few years, if you're on the right stretch of highway in America's Sunbelt, you are likely to have the disconcerting experience of pulling alongside a fully loaded semi truck, glancing at the cab, and seeing no one behind the wheel at all. Unless you look closely, the truck you're likely to see will look very much like a regular big rig. It will still have a steering wheel, twitching as if moved by ghostly hands. It will also have those oversized rearview mirrors trucks have, only these will be even more exaggerated in scale since they will double as mounts for sensors, including radar, lidar, and cameras that help the truck see things even an experienced human driver might miss. This truck won't be as smart or adaptable as a human, but it will have superhuman senses and won't need to rest. What's more, it won't be susceptible to many of the pitfalls that have made autonomy in passenger vehicles largely a disappointment, with companies blowing past one self-imposed deadline after another. While the self-driving passenger vehicle industry struggles to gain traction, despite decades and tens of billions of dollars in investment, proponents of self-driving trucks say they could be here and making money for their operators and commercial services much sooner. Some of the companies involved say they will have the first trucks without drivers in the cab on America's highways by the end of next year. Those include Aurora, which has partnerships with FedEx and Werner Enterprises, and 2Simple, which has joined up with UPS and Ryder. When it gains widespread traction, robot trucking will have big implications for how we move goods around America, and for the companies and people involved in that process. For starters, it could help alleviate a chronic shortage of drivers, who are retiring faster than they can be replaced, leading to what the American Trucking Associations claims is a historic shortage of 80,000 drivers. Here's the promise of robot trucks. While full self-driving in all conditions is still a pipe dream, engineers seem to be close to achieving it in limited circumstances, such as on highways on clear days. And highway driving, in good weather, happens to be exactly the context in which long-haul trucks operate for a substantial portion of the time. One reason for that, highways are what Aurora Chief Executive Chris Ermson calls self-similar. Another way to put that is that a bit of freeway in Texas looks very much like a bit of freeway in Phoenix or Minnesota. The similarity is good for the artificial intelligence technology that underpins self-driving which can be great at handling things it has seen before, and terrible at adapting to situations that are novel. Anyone who has tried GM's Super Cruise, Nissan's ProPilot Assist, or Tesla's Autopilot system has experienced this firsthand. Highways also have the virtue of being relatively free of pedestrians, bicyclists, animals, and children chasing after balls, and they tend to be well-marked and well-maintained. Highways in southwestern states where the weather is generally good are where autonomous trucking companies are currently testing their systems, carrying real loads for actual clients like FedEx and UPS, albeit with safety drivers behind the wheel, in case the AI systems make a mistake, which they still do. So in good weather, a robot truck will see farther than a person can. It will never grow drowsy or inattentive, and it will be able to operate 24 hours a day, stopping only for fuel and maintenance. Now, there are also reasons to discount claims about commercial autonomous trucking happening in the next couple of years or making a big difference anytime soon. For one, the younger companies trying to pioneer the technology must sustain the interest of investors until they start making money. And that could be a while. Aurora, for example, has said that it will lose money until 2027, Shares in the company, which went public via SPAC in November of 21, are currently trading at about one quarter of the $10 they sold for at their debut. 2Simple also aims to have a fully autonomous commercial trucking service operating in the U.S. by the end of 2023. In the meantime, the company also plans to begin delivering freight for the Union Pacific with fully autonomous trucks. Compared with the total number of large trucks rolling in America today, nearly 4 million, Half of them the type that haul freight long distance, the scant dozens of self driving trucks projected to be on the road by the end of 2023 would be a drop in the ocean. Waymo, which as a unit of Google parent Alphabet has less pressing concerns about funding, is less aggressive in its prediction for the arrival of robo rigs. Its trucking focused arm, Waymo Via, hasn't set a date for its trucks to operate with no human in the cab despite having already entered into partnerships with trucking companies C.H. Robinson and J.B. Hunt, fleet services operator Ryder, freight brokerage company Uber Freight, and truck maker Daimler Truck. Waymo has many reasons for that reticence. An important one is that there is no production-ready, commercially available truck with the redundant control systems that a self-driving system would require. If power steering goes out in a human-controlled vehicle, a driver could still potentially muscle it to the side of the road. But with no human in the cab, an autonomous vehicle must have backup steering, braking, and electrical systems. Getting all of those into trucks that can be made not just one at a time, but by the tens of thousands, is why Waymo has joined with Daimler Truck. The potential financial benefits of robo-trucking technology are so enormous that shippers and trucking companies. Are likely to embrace it as soon as they feel it is ready adding just twenty thousand dollars of hardware in the form of additional sensors and powerful computers to a long-haul truck is quickly offset by the elimination of labor costs which typically represent 15 to 20 percent of the cost of operating a truck another big economic impact is that by law a human driving a truck must stop and rest that means every truck which can cost between 100 and 200 thousand dollars is only being used about 30 to 40% of the time. Just running them 24 hours, stopping only for fuel and maintenance, increases their utilization by a factor of two or more. Waymo's strategy is to create a foundation of software and custom-built sensors that the company calls the Waymo Driver. With some modification, that system can operate any vehicle autonomously, whether it's giant semi-trucks or the autonomous taxis, The company is currently operating in three different locations in the US. That might mean the company won't be the first to deploy fully autonomous trucks, but the idea is that once it does start to roll them out, it has the potential to grow much faster than its competitors. Longer term, robot trucks could go from a driver shortage solution to driver job killer. There are approximately 500,000 truck drivers in America. Deploying these trucks just in the Sunbelt states could wipe out 10% of the total number of hours long haul truckers in America spend on the road. That would mean the elimination of 30,000 to 40,000 jobs. As self-driving trucks become more capable and can perform most of the driving on long trips throughout most of America, they could ultimately threaten nearly all long haul trucking jobs. Many in the automated trucking industry claim that these job losses will be more than offset by the creation of new jobs, as self-driving trucks make trucking so much cheaper and faster that more freight shifts to it, at the expense of rail and even air freight. The trucks will all be remotely monitored by a human and will need to be able to pull over on their own and signal for help. Beyond that, the specifics of human involvement are likely to vary widely from company to company including whether a human driver will pilot vehicles in places like city streets. There are many benefits to autonomous long-haul trucking. 24-hour availability, cheaper to employ, and potentially safer than a human counterpart, to name a few. It would also help with the current shortage of truck drivers in the country. The deployment of fully autonomous trucks is still likely years away and have their own unique obstacles that will need to be solved before they hit the road but one day in the not so distant future, you may look over as you zoom past a semi-truck on the highway and not see anyone behind the wheel. This week's financial planning topic is why a retirement system is better than just having retirement goals. If you are really serious about creating, achieving, and living your dream retirement, implementing a system to guide you along your way will be far more impactful than stating specific goals like achieving a given dollar amount, an age, or a length of service at your employer. Goals are great, but without a system to get you from point A to point B, you may feel like you are lost in a sea of endless quote unquote expertise from relatives, blogs, or the talking heads on TV. Goals are specific objectives, a reach it and be done with it situation. If this is how you have set up your retirement dream, by amassing a certain nest egg or attaining a specific age or length of service, you may be setting yourself up for failure. The problem with only setting this type of retirement goal is that once achieved, you will inevitably ask yourself, now what? You will have an endless list of open-ended questions on what you want your retirement to look like. How will you fund your monthly retirement expenses? How do you pull money out of your nest egg tax efficiently? When are you going to elect social security benefits? What are RMDs and when do I need to take them? How will your nest egg be invested so you don't have to worry about running out of money? What do you do if there is a 10, 20, or 30% decline in the market, and even more? A system, however, has no deadline and gives you the opportunity to adjust your plan or goal no matter what life throws at you. Having a retirement system, a plan that details where your monthly income will come from, when the optimal time to elect Social Security benefits is, has a detailed tax-efficient distribution strategy, creates a disciplined investment strategy based on your personal risk tolerance, and details how to react to market volatility to guard you from harmful emotional decisions, among many other what-if situations. A retirement system is far more impactful than simply stating a one-and-done retirement goal. Our financial planning process and four decades of retirement planning experience has allowed us to create a retirement system that will allow you to live your dream retirement and feel confident that no matter what life or the markets throw your way, you have a system and a trusted professional to see you through. If you and your life savings are being ignored or feeling taken advantage of, come join our family. We are a family-owned financial planning and investment advisory firm who promise to treat you like family. No products, no hard sell, no gimmicks, just honest advice based on our four decades of experience. If you have any questions on this week's episode or are interested in getting an unbiased opinion on your finances, please give us a call at 440-235-2100 or email me at cameron at michaelbradyco.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed.